on today's episode of Down the Wire. We are joined by Adam Roberts, a good friend of the show, in the broadcast game. He talks to us about the AFC predictions after we talked about the NFC with Brandon Snide last week. We need to talk the AFC. A lot of news in the week about the NBA. Chet Holmgren, Pat Beverly, Aaron Donald is an animal. Oh, and the Bucks are champions again. It all happens today on Down the Wire. Every time we do it, y'all, we do it with fire. Yeah. Sports podcast down the wire. Every time we do it, y'all, we do it with fire. Yeah. Sports podcast down the wire. Down the wire. Yeah. Down the wire. Yeah. Tom and Dave Burks. Yeah. Down the wire. Yeah. Down the wire. Yeah. Down the wire. Yeah. Tom and Dave Burks. Yeah. Episode number 82. Down the wire. Let's go, baby. It's NBA season. It's NFL season. <laughs> Baseball is out of our view now. The Brewers have officially disappointed us so much that we are now thinking of completely different sports today because baseball yeah. doesn't sell. It's field hockey season. It's pickleball season. It's that one season where it's like volleyball, but you have to use your feet and kick it over. It's esports season. Oh! Yeah. Yeah. Big, big stuff in the works now. Welcome to Down the Wire. This is the unofficial podcast of Backup Quarterbacks, where we talk professional sports in unprofessional ways. My name is Tom. This is my brother, Dave. Meow. And we are going to start it off today with a little bit of NBA news. Yeah, I think that's the good way. Let's talk a little bit of NBA news. Uh, I mean, did you have a good weekend? We just got a great. We just had a great talk with Adam Roberts. That was a great part to start yeah, the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Get ready to hear that. Uh, I did have a pretty okay weekend. I wouldn't say it was like the bomb dot com, but it wasn't uh, bad. I, I got one more thing tonight. I got to drive up to Ripon, the birthplace of the Republican Party, and yeah. do a show. Nice. So. Very nice. I uh, yeah. I was on manager duty all weekend. So, ooh, down east. What's up? Oh, that's just disgusting. All right, let's get to the NBA. Um, Dave, you see all these pro-am games that pro players play in and all these events that take part, you know, at, like, parks and at gyms that are just high school gyms? Uh, pretty innocent, right? Yeah, and no, nothing. they're good for they're good for the game of basketball, and I'm all for guys wanting to stay in that competitive shape. Yeah, nothing major ever happens there until <gasps> Chet Holmgren uh, messed up some ligaments, and is he going to require surgery? I'm not sure, but hurt now, and the number two overall pick criticized for his size already and his durability that'll come with that size. They're wondering how long he could be out, and it seems like it could be long-term. Um, I I don't know. How do you feel if you're the Thunder who took a chance on drafting Chet, honestly, a very polarizing prospect who looked good when he played on the NBA talent floors? What do you see out of these Pro-Am games where pretty much LeBron James hurt him by driving in on him? Dude, LeBron James was an asshole yeah. to Jet Holmgren. I'm sorry. Uh, that that kind of needs to, to not happen anymore. But, uh, 
I mean, it's you're playing you're playing sports. You're always bound to get injured at any time. So, I think now Chet Holmgren, Holmgren is going to have a year to go to whatever the Golden Corral that uh, uh, Eddie Lacy was going to, that Zion uh, Williamson was going to. He was just eating soul food. And just pack up. Yeah, just, he needs to. He needs some bulk, dude. It's like he a is, buck 45, seven feet tall. The, Google has his weight at an, a 190. Ooh. I at don't know. seven foot. Yeah, that's a even if it's true, dude. and I think he's even. I think he's honestly less than that. Yeah, he could be. He could be. And then there's a uh, speaking of LeBron, Lakers trade news as well. Pat Beverly traded to L.A. Uh, for Kevin Durant. No, I'm kidding. But wow, you remember when they were trying to get Kyrie Irving? Woj reports it on Wednesday. Uh, Talon Horton Tucker. And Stanley Johnson being shipped out for Patrick Beverly. And I think a second-round pick as well. Oh, nice. Good for them. Uh, I, I, to me, that's a, that's a big L for the Lakers. I don't know how much Stanley Johnson can play, but they were pretty high on Horton Tucker for a long time. A second-round pick on top of that. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't think Pat Bev is going to change this team in any way, shape, or form. Don't get me wrong. We're big Pat Bev guys, or at least I am. I I love the dog that is Pat Be- uh, Pat Bev. He's point guard PJ Tucker, but I, this dude is not going to be an all star. This dude's not going to be a pivotal piece on this uh, on this fucking team. You know, if they win a, a I guess if they get to the playoffs, I, I mean, no, no. Well, that was NBA news. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We have a pretty big segment coming up here. Um, another one of our identities. We are big revenge game guys. The NFL's coming up here, and we have the best revenge games for the 2022 NFL season. Is that right, Dave? Yeah, uh, Dan's been put out an article, and I think, well, I mean, come on, this is a, this is a good one, Dan. The NFL's biggest revenge games of 2022. All right, so. Uh, we're just going to go through each of the weeks and uh, like, we'll, we'll talk about each one week one. I didn't even realize the number of revenge games we're getting week one, but we're getting Baker Mayfield versus the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Let's go. That's all day. That's all day. That's a, that's a great, well, let's grade these revenge games. Yeah. Oh, this one right here. If Baker goes out and shows up, Cleveland, this is an A-plus revenge game. Okay. A-plus. Because, let's be honest, Cleveland Browns are the biggest villains in the league right now for a multitude of reasons. Uh, I think more people are rooting for Baker in this scenario than not. Yeah. Uh, I think, I really do feel that Baker Mayfield's a better quarterback than people give him credit for. So I think you're going to see them just have some fun against this Cleveland team, especially with Joe Jacoby Brissett being there. It's going to be, it could be an absolute, I mean, would it be an upset with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback? I don't know. P- probably still. I would say, yeah. 
This is absolutely an A-plus revenge game, though. This would be an amazing week one game. Uh, I think there's another week one revenge game, I want to say there's three. Uh, that... Also, also if uh, Baker Mayfield sucks ass, that means we're getting P.J. Walker. Oh, dude. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Undefeated MVP of the XFL. Uh, another week one game. Yeah. Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos playing against Seattle. Yeah, that's gets an A-plus revenge game again, 100%. It's on Monday Night Football, too. I'm going to I'm going to knock it a little bit. I'm not going to say A+. Plus. I'm going to say A-. In Seattle, though, too. It's A-. minus. Okay. Because of the fact that the Seattle Seahawks are so fucking bad. Yeah, I know. And it's not Drew Locke, so it's not double revenge game either. Geno yes. Smith officially named the starter as well. That's kind of news as well. Uh, I wish... If Drew Locke was playing, this would be A+. Plus. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you that. Okay. All right. Uh, Just because then it'd be double revenge game. So, like it, like I said, it doesn't have the exact same thing. But, again, Baker Mayfield, I believe, is going to Cleveland. Mm. Uh, so, another reason why that's... a. a prime a plus game um but uh, dude the the seattle seahawks are going to lose by what two touchdowns two and a half touchdowns yeah probably something like that next week one dallas and dak prescott uh versus tampa and tom brady um so this is the second week that they played week one together. Second year. Second, sorry, second year that they played week one together. And there's a clip of Dak saying, we'll see y'all again from last year. And that's why it's a revenge game. Yeah, and it was a, it was a close one, 31 to 29. Mm. Super uh, good game, especially to start off. I mean, how, how the fuck can you enjoy that? On Sunday night. Yeah, and you know, now the tables have kind of turned. Instead of being in Tampa, we're in Dallas. I think that's kind of a more marquee location. Would you say so? I guess, but I think there's questions on Dak Prescott. I really do. I, I'm you know, how how is he better than Kirk Cousins? I mean he's if you put Kirk in Dallas, no, just saying. Jerry would love that. Oh yeah, he would. Yeah, you no. like that. <laughs> uh, week three, it goes to Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay versus Tom Brady in Tampa. Yeah, I mean that's always a great revenge game. Just two goats going at it. I said it, two goats. Um, what's uh what's Rogers record against Brady isn't it is one and it... one one and two I I don't know oh, now I thought it was less I, th- I didn't think he had a win yeah they beat New England one oh no they didn't play Brady right did he never beat him in Tampa I don't know if they've ever beaten the beaten Tom Brady though I'm taking saying ever well he'll never be ranked as high as him for sure and Playoff victory over Brady would be better. No, it doesn't look like they say in here if he's uh, ever beat him. Maybe he hasn't. I'm looking it up right now. I know they beat New England, but I do remember Tom Brady didn't play that game now. And Matt Flynn, I think, was the quarterback of one of them where they almost won it, too. Backups. Um, I, yeah, this is a great game. 
Aaron Rodgers losing to Tom Brady in Tampa plenty of times. I'm I'm excited for it. I, I'd give that like a B plus. Three out of four matchups. So Rodgers is one in uh, one and three. Okay, yeah. So I'll give it a B plus. Yeah, I'm down with that. Next week four, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs take on Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. Yeah, this is a revenge game. This, yeah, this is. Yeah, this is this is an A plus revenge game for dude. sure. Two top tier. Good God. And it was an embarrassing performance in the Super Bowl. If you remember, that was one of the worst Super Bowls. That was actually the day after, day before our first episode. That was when our whole first episode was surrounded around. Oh, my God. We're going to have to make this a moment. Was this Super Bowl. It was so bad. It was the worst Super Bowl of all time, maybe. It was a dominating performance. Ooh, I don't know about that. Dude, you still got that Seahawks-Broncos one. That one was bad, too. But this one one was over quickly as well. Yes. I mean, it was not fun. Definitely a revenge game. But, like, cream of the crop one. Week six. Josh Allen Buffalo versus Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. Josh Allen, if he had overtime, baby. This is S tier. Yeah. This is fucking S tier. This is higher than fucking A, A plus, man. This is the game. This is, I I would venture to guess that any NFL uh, analyst or whatever has circled this one to be like the game that I want to see more than anything. Yeah, that game last year was game of the year. Um, absolutely amazing. Josh Allen. We love Josh Allen on this podcast. Very pro Josh Allen. We love Pat Mahomes too. So I'm rooting for a good game on that one. Week six, circle it. That's, that's going to be a good one. That's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Next Matt Stafford and the Rams versus Tom Brady in Tampa. Just full of Tom Brady love in this fucking article. Well, to be fair, he's got beef with a lot of guys when you've been in the league this long, you know? Um, Matt Stafford, this is a rematch of the division game, right? They knocked him out in the division game, I think it was? Yes. Yeah. Um, And then now Tom Brady, he's coming back with a beaten up team. I know you like Tampa Bay, but that team is definitely getting the shit beat out of them in training camp right now. And I love the Rams still. I, I think the Rams are good. I I think with what Aaron Donald does with his absolute monstrous performances and now he's just grabbing dual wheeled helmets like it's nothing. Yeah. I mean, come on, <laughs> dude. Holy shit. I saw the final boss memes on that. Aaron Donald. God. Aaron Donald might not play this game. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. He is... He's just a loose cannon, bro. Why is anyone surprised by this? I mean, he's, like, grabbed people by the neck and, like, face mask and thrown And those were his teammates. Yeah, exactly. He's doing the, the, like, choke drill and shit. Right. What a guy. Wow. This one... Okay. Well, what was that? That's A- minus on that? Uh, I'm gonna go B. Okay. All right. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers go on to face Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this is a reach. This is a reach a little bit. This, this guy one, obviously loves Tom Brady. This one's not my favorite one, but um, it's a good football game. And, and you know what? He says it right off the bat. This this matchup might not feel animus on the surface. Uh, yeah. 
I, I get it. And again, maybe we're just kind of whatever with that, but yeah. Okay. Uh, we also have Jimmy Garoppolo facing off against him. Maybe, maybe, maybe Uh dishonorable mention. I love that. Deshaun Watson going to Houston. Yeah, fuck that game. Deshaun, Deshaun to Houston. That's a zero. Mention. That's a zero on my revenge. And, le- and I, well, I take it back. Unless uh, the Texans can beat them. And that's all of them right there. That's kind of a lackluster one to end on. But a lot of revenge games. Yeah. A lot of revenge I, games. Pick your one. Uh, Buffalo, Kansas City is going to be pretty good. It's got to be Buffalo, Kansas City, dude. Though I do like... Um, I do like Baker and Cleveland start off the year. I love that. I think now is uh, as good as time as any to segue into our interview with good friend Adam Roberts. Uh, Tom, you don't know all that much about Adam Roberts. Me and him have a long and storied history that we didn't get a chance to touch on, but I'm definitely going to have to uh, let you know about all that. Okay. That's nice. All right. Cue the weird guitar. Hey, Tom here from Down the Wire, and I'm here to let you guys know that this is a disclaimer. And why is there a disclaimer right here, you might ask? Well, because we did not do an audio check, obviously, before this, and the audio was coming from the webcam we were recording from and not from our audio mixer. So... Me and Dave kind of sound like absolute dog water shithole. Adam Roberts is great. He was a great interview. Please, I apologize. It's going to get good. It's going to get good, guys. This is the first time Dave's hearing it, too. So, bye. Welcome, everyone. It's time to go into another interview segment. Uh, We have good friend of mine, good friend of ours, Former 1250 AM, the fan producer, A.R. Adam Roberts. Adam, how are we doing today? Gentlemen, nice to be with you guys. Big fan of the show. Uh, Been listening while I've been working my current new job at uh, Blue Mound Golf and Country Club. I've been there for a while, but that's become the full-time gig now. And when you work eight hours at a golf course, you look for any way to distract you from the monotony of things that go on all the time. So I paid a little listen. Uh, congratulations on you guys for doing this as consecutively as long as you have. Yeah, uh, I used to do you. a podcast stupid. myself. And I look up to Yeah, I, I, we're investing more into it. <laughs> Too actually. much. You yeah. see this? Yeah. You see really? this clock? Yeah. This is a oh, clock no for way. Us, I didn't yeah. even it, see it, it when I came on. It's That's very nice. expensive. You because didn't for even some see reason, it. you didn't even notice it. Clock timers <laughs> are stupid, expre- uh, like expensive. They're True. just all expensive. This well, is... One of the cheap ones at like sixty dollars. You're now officially on the appearance list of Down the Wire. It's a very uh, exclusive list. Only a handful have been on. I lead in appearances. Um, I've been on every well, single week. So. Never, miss, never miss an episode. Uh, yeah. Dave is second. He did miss one episode. So you know he doesn't really have the streak that I got going on right now. Like screw DiMaggio. Someone do this right now. So Dave, Dave's at what eighty-one appearances then now. Well, something like that. Yeah. I mean, unless you count the reset. Okay, yeah, sure. Somewhere around there, <laughs> maybe. Uh, but Adam, now you're on that list. I appreciate you coming on. Like, hopefully we get to talk some football, talk some good stuff. And 
bounce back after uh, that crazy stuff at the fan. So, or uh, at twelve fifty. Let's talk a little bit of Green Bay. Why not? We we love the Packers here. We have a lot of fun talking football, and we talked a little bit of Milwaukee Brewers last week with Brandon. And I'm just, I mean, do you want to comment on the shit show that is the Milwaukee Brewers at all? Maybe even, I guess, Adam. Well, I mean, you you're looking at me right now. I will follow that shit show right down until it sinks to the bottom of Lake Michigan. I'm wearing yeah. my 1970 Brewers hat that I've worn for years. Also, and we're recording this now on the 28th. Big day today in Milwaukee. A one Garrett Mitchell making an appearance at the bottom of the lineup. It's a big yeah. deal. I, I am I'm excited for that as well. I think that's going to be fun. And he was one of the guys that we wanted to see. You know, he's on a short list, right? He he wasn't in my uh, my predicted call. No, so I will say I'm I'm pretty excited. I think that we're going to see Ruiz still this year too. I think Ruiz yeah. in September is probably pretty common. They might even just be test running Mitchell for a little bit. Who knows if he's still on the team in September? If he plays well, I'm sure they'll find an excuse to keep him. But when you go into this Brewers team and you see a dominant performance like Brandon Woodruff with the 10Ks and uh, what was it two nights ago, Freddie Peralta's throwing no-hitter baseball and then Ian Happ like has to rip our hearts out. I, I mean, this team's just finding ways to lose, it feels like. And then you have what came out, I think, yesterday with Rosenthal and how much uh, that is going to suck, having yet another <laughs> lingering after effect from that hater trade coming back to oh, in the rear. He the, may the never worst play trade in Brewer players. history. I Might mean, be. one of the worst trades in Brewer history, right? Might be. Yeah, and uh, or was it a trade or a signing? I can't remember. No, no, that was a trade. Yeah, was that, a trade. They could have signed him, right? Is that what it was? I mean, anybody could have. The guy hasn't played for two years. He was just sitting there. <laughs> Oh, the Brewers are so frustrating. It was just such a seller move. In a, you know, and it obviously shifted the mindset of the majority fan base. That, that's the way I see it, at least. You know, I'm not saying the Brewers were... I, I feel like I'm realistic, and I don't think the Brewers were a World Series contending team this year. They just weren't. But I wanted to be optimistic. And the move to get rid of Hayter... For no offensive production sure just seemed like uh we're not going for it this year you know what i mean is that is that that was a total shift and i think the team shifted that way devin williams was not ready to be the closer trevor rogers that or taylor, taylor. rogers yeah, taylor. i always mix it up sorry taylor rogers I, you know obviously wasn't going to be josh Hader. If I see Matt Bush come in in the seventh inning one more damn time, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to turn the TV off right there. It's so unfortunate. That's either him or Brent Suter, you pick. Matt Bush throws 100-mile-an-hour heaters straighter than anyone I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) I mean, they just get launched every time. I've never seen a guy throw 100 so ineffectively in my life watching baseball. Matt Bush. You talk about Suter. I had to argue I'm a bigger fan of his actual Raptor on Twitter than I am of his pitching. <laughs> oh, I love Brett Suter's Raptor. It was a big Raptor. moment for me after the layoff. That was a big moment when the Raptor followed me back. That made me. <laughs> <laughs> Brett Suter's Raptor. 
There are some absolutely legendary Twitter handles. Oh my god, I love Shout that. out to the Dan Vogelbach fan page that we absolutely bullied into staying a Mets fan this year because he was <laughs> originally just a Pirates fan. And he's like, I think I'm going to shut the account down. And he had like 30 followers. And I was like, listen, bro, you are the Dan Vogelbach fan page. Finish this shit out. And uh, he's had great content as of late for how great Dan Vogelbach Snipes this Dan, autographed Dan Vogelbach poster for a cool $12. That's going to be worth some bucks. Yeah. Wow. Off eBay. I bought pants more expensive at Goodwill than that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. But you know this Brewer team makes the playoffs in any way, Adam? Oh, well, I mean, I, again, you're, you're talking to a guy who has been a little bit out of the loop since everything. I think they are, what are they, would it be four games behind San Diego right now for that final wild card spot? Uh, but it's really five because they don't own the tiebreaker kind of situation, I think. like that, I think that's what we have to look at it as. That's what I've heard, at least. I think they're mo- well, I'm looking right now at their playoff percentage chances you can do on ESPN. It's so crazy to see them. What if maybe like a month ago, you would have probably put them around 65, 70%. They're hovering at just barely over 38 right now. And that's shocking for me to see. I certainly wasn't ex- like you, Tom. I wasn't expecting them to win the World Series. I don't think most of us at the fan were. But, you know, you you power through in the hopes that, hey, it's October baseball. Anything can happen. You know, you talk about the Brewers and how much that this is just since the hater deal, everyone at the station, I remember you guys were listening. I'm sure those 48 hours after that trade, it seemed like everyone there was just losing their mind, except maybe the one person that I thought would do it the most. And that's Tim Allen, who kept a level head through that whole situation, as he's wont to do. Mr. Perennial Optimism Championship season insert year here. So that was crazy to see, too, and I hope he lands somewhere else. I know there's something that's supposed to be going on with him right now, and then it hasn't really gone on, and that just mars in the world of corporate paperwork signing. But I hope the best for him, because there, if there's a guy who needs to see some positivity come out of the last 30 days of this season, it's that guy. Well, enough with this Brewers talk, because I'm already depressed as it is. <laughs> Let's go into... A true champion here in Wisconsin. Let's talk Green Bay Packers. We've had three preseason games and a whole litany of Jordan Love hate going on. Uh, We here at Down the Wire are big fans of Jordan Love. We are the unofficial podcast of backup quarterbacks. So right now, Jordan Love is in a wheelhouse. We know Jordan Love. A.R., how do you feel about Jordan Love going forward as a potential Packers player? Well, let me start your question with a question of my own, because you call yourselves the official backup quarterback podcast. Have unofficial. Have, unofficial. Sure. Of course. Of course. <laughs> have either of you two done a fantasy draft yet this year? I have not. Okay. I, no. Are you planning? No, but I, planning. I know. I have seen... I know where you're going with this. I Do think. you? I think because I saw you posting all about your fantasy draft uh, all last week okay. on Twitter. Okay. 
when you say posting all of it, I just was trying to catch a drunk Grant Bills and get his immediate reaction. You were to which all he got was man. for Antonio Gibson, which <laughs> was not my fair. first selection. <laughs> so the question then for you guys, Mr. Jordan Love fan one and fan two, if he was available in a draft, say you've got three picks remaining, do you have enough faith that he would even get in remotely for one or two games this year? Or if an injury happens, would you pick him up off the waiver wire to Rodgers? If he gets injured, would you pick Love off the waiver wire? He's not my favorite backup quarterback in the NFL, if that's what you're asking. Okay. I will say my number one is Tyler Huntley. Um, that's – I think he – to be honest, I do think his success would probably only, from what I can tell, come in Baltimore. He really fits that offense well, and sure. he's a lot of fun there. I mean – Teddy Bridgewater is probably a better backup quarterback in Miami, right? Desmond Ritter. Bridgewater over Jordan Love? No, I'm saying Desmond Ritter, another one? Yeah. Go, I mean, yeah, go to Pittsburgh now with Trubisky and Pickett, however Ooh, you look yeah. at that situation. Pickett's going to be good. I think he's going to be really good. He may he not be a great preseason. I think he'll be good, though. Had a great preseason. I, I would not take Jordan Love in a fantasy draft. No, I, I'm not that high on him like that. I'm saying you got to be patient with him. I'm saying that he's got a lot to not play for right now. Aaron Rodgers is locked up at the quarterback position. I don't think you need to be worried about Jordan Love in three years. When we have Aaron Rodgers for three years. Could you see him maybe in like a keeper league? Hmm. Now, keeper league is a little foreign to me because I'm usually just the one-and-done guy. I've, yeah. I don't have any done uh, here. That's my specialty, special sure. as well. Well, I mean, I, you might as well consider it because how, I mean, how old is he again? And I should know this. I literally have worked in this for like a decade, so I should probably know I'm how old I'm going to say he's 25 years old. Oh, no, he's definitely younger than that. You think so? Yeah. Uh, Jordan Love is 23 years old. Yeah, see? But he will be 24 in November. Okay. So... His, he's not even in what we would consider to be the the prime of anyone's career. Like we're all, I mean, I'm 20, I'm pushing 29. So I think that's what most people would consider to be that window from about 27 till 32, 33. That's when you're going to be in the prime of your quarterback career. So if you're thinking about him, and I, I only ask this because I did see when I was in my own draft, I saw him and I was seriously considering you know, what happens if a guy like Rodgers gets hurt for whatever reason, week two or three, do I have enough faith to put in that guy and bring him in as a possible backup to Derek Carr for me? And I went with Romeo Dobbs instead because, I mean, I think that guy's going to oh. flourish in this offense this year. Much better, very much better get those, Maybe get the drops down a little bit, but some of those throws were, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, but as far as Love's long-term future, I think he's going to be fine. You know, we have built, I don't know if it's the whole hyping that the NFL loves to do for star quarterbacks like your Mahomes or your Brady's or your Rodgers or your Allen's, <clears throat> Rami. Um, but <laughs> I think we maybe forget how hard it is to be an S-tier quarterback in the NFL. And we have our vision clouded with rose-tinted glasses a lot of times because we've seen the top of the mountain. We've seen the best of the best when it comes to this sort of stuff. And we we tend to forget 
it's very murky at the bottom of that mountain. And there are a lot of teams out there that will see a guy like Love and what he's specifically done this preseason compared to last year and will have the brains to go, hey, this guy's taken steps and he's not even in his peak NFL quarterback form yet. If we can poach him away, we can mold him into that great quarterback we know he potentially could be. And I think if you're looking at a team, and I don't know the specifics, but right now, the Giants and the Jets, for example, are playing preseason football right now. If you don't think that that quarterback carousel is going to open up again for either of those teams, and they potentially see a guy that's taking those necessary steps while dealing with all the hullabaloo and the BS that comes with being a backup quarterback to Aaron Rodgers, and you're going to put him into your system and be like, hey, go with it, man. We have faith in you. We will put you in the position you were never in before. Now's your time. I think it very realistically could happen for him, and maybe sooner than we even think ourselves. That was... I was educated. I vomited everything out. I've been bottling up. This is good. No, I, I'm saying, good. I'm saying that was, that was far more enlightening than anyone. I was the smartest thing said on now. this podcast, man. <laughs> oh, like, no. When we were talking about Our sports. We, we don't go that in depth. I loved it. No, I could follow every word of it. Absolutely. It was it was, it was great. It was like molasses, okay? Jordan Love needs time, but Jordan Love's time isn't now, okay? So don't worry about it. Hop off is nuts, okay? And what else do we got? It, what, what's the alternative? Ryan Gutekunst is the best thing that's happened to this Packer team. I'm sorry. He really is. Look at the defense right now. It's the most complete defense from head to toe I've ever seen in a Green Bay he has. I mean, he has not done a single bad draft pick as of right now. Well, and I can think other of. than Jordan Love. And that one's more of a question in the air, but it's up in the air. Jordan yeah. Love, definitely the trade-up looked rough. The trade-up can already probably be seen as a bad move, right? But because they traded up because they didn't think they'd have Rodgers as long as that. No, they traded up because, remember, uh, Schneid said it last week, they traded up to get uh, Jordan, uh, Justin Jefferson. That's why they traded up. They thought they could snag him going up that. And then they got drafted – just before. So then it was like, all right, Jordan Love, here we come. I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I Look, I'm rooting for Jordan Love. That's my position on Jordan Love. I'm rooting for Jordan Love. I wonder if there's some sort of crazy alternate reality where we did get Justin Jefferson and then maybe the Vikings oh, are dealing so with this scenario, but it's so much more pathetic because it's between him and Kirk Cousins instead of him and Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Oh no! What we do? Put that in there. <laughs> All right, uh, it's time to get into the meat and potatoes of this. The reason why we brought you on, uh, Adam, we have been going through the NFL and predicting what we think is going to happen. Last week we did the NFC. This week it's time to predict the AFC. So uh, you're going to join in with us. We're going to kind of go through each of the four. Uh, divisions or conferences, rather, in the AFC, right? So, conferences, divisions, right? Divisions. Divisions with the conferences. Divisions in the AFC. Yeah, conferences is... I just, I just say gangs. These gangs. These gangs. Rap scallions. Uh, yeah, let's go through each of them and kind of decide uh, what's going to happen, how it's going to play out. So, Tom, uh, I want you to take the first um, division. 
Uh, how about we go to the AFC East? We'll just start off with them. We'll start on the East Coast. And I would say this is one of the more semi-interesting divisions in the league, in the AFC. By default, it's probably near the bottom. But I don't think there's uninteresting stories that could happen in this division. Um, started off at the bottom. I mean, I'm going to keep New York there for sure. I think Zach Wilson is poised to make a pretty big jump. And people are excited for that. But they're the Jets, so I'm not holding my breath on it. He could very well just be uh, Mark Sanchez next season, all for all I know. If anything is going to have the opportunity to work for a year, it feels like it's the Jets. Where are you at with that, uh, Adam? You got the Jets at the bottom? So when I um, do things like this and I look at predictions at the start of a season, one of the areas I like to go to is a team's schedule. Because even though, and obviously every year in the NFL can bring something totally different, we can basically gather from what a team is going to be facing the upcoming 17 games and piece together from what little we know of the preseason and kind of get a general idea of think of where they're going to go. There are very few Wow, surprises, I think, when it comes to football. And this will not be much of a surprise either. I mean, I just mentioned the possibility of Love coming in and kicking Zach Wilson, their prize draft pick, out the door. That shows you how much stability still is within that organization or lack thereof. So I think if you're looking at New York, last year they were 4-13, and playing in a kind of mid-division as is. I don't see a whole lot of improvement, maybe depending on Wilson's health. I mean, you look at they've got games against Jacksonville, two games against Miami, uh, Detroit, Chicago, and then um, Cleveland and whatever the hell that's going to look like this year to open uh, their or rather their second game of the year. So uh, other than that, I don't think they're going to be winning many close games, maybe five and 12 if they're lucky. Yeah, something like that. The Jets are dead last, man. I have not been a big uh Zach Wilson guy outside of his cougar play. Um, yeah, props to him for that, right? Just stay yeah. away from anyone in our family, uh, mainly because they're not as tight. But, uh, yeah, I am so off of Zach Wilson. I think really? at this point I would sooner buy stock in Sam Darnold, and that guy just got injured this past week. Wow. Okay. I, I don't like Zach Wilson. Sorry. Not a fan of the game. Well, now, who do you have in this third place role? Because this one's the hardest spot for me. And I I guess, uh, you know what? No, I'm putting Miami here, okay? I'm putting Miami here. This team is way too 50-50 for me. It's, it's a coin flip team. I, they could be really good. If Tua snaps and figures it out, he's got the dynamic weapons on the edge now with Parker and Hill. I mean, it's a great setup for him. I just don't trust Tua. I'm not a big guy. I, I, I don't like it. I don't like the setup there. He just connected for a huge play to Tyree Kill yesterday as we're talking now in the preseason game. It's, you know, go, ahead. go ahead. Yeah. I oh, I was going to say, realistically, though, this team could start 0-4. This year with New England, Baltimore, Buffalo and Cincinnati, your first four games that realistically you could lose all of those games. And specifically that opener, 
it comes down to whether you trust Tua or Mac Jones a little bit more for who can lead your team to a second place spot. Because I think all three of us are in consensus here. This is Buffalo's division to lose. So who do you trust more to potentially put your team into that five or six seed in the AFC? And that I would say is probably already Mac Jones. And that's because I've never been a huge Tua guy. Uh, Tom, I think you mentioned Teddy Bridgewater might be one of the best backup quarterbacks in the NFL. And He's sitting right there, and if I'm a head coach in Miami and things start to go a little wonky after, you know, you might start one and four to the year with, ironically, Minnesota coming up week six, I mean, the pressure is on. This is Tua's year to basically either make it or break it, and management probably is going to have to make a pretty big decision, especially if they do flounder and finish in third again and maybe only get six or seven wins this year and they're just not feeling it. Because at the end of the day, as Leroy would always say, sometimes people just try to be the smartest guy in the room and sometimes and management and front offices are so, so sussed doing this sort of thing. So at the end of the day, you know, if you get six or seven wins and you're just spinning your wheels and it's just not the fit, you might have to make the move. So, yeah, I think they're third this year. New England will probably finish around at or where they were last year and then maybe try to steal a playoff win once we get to January. I'm sorry, boys. I can't agree with that. I think uh, the Dolphins are poised to have a better season. I won't say gigantic. They're not going to, you know, make super big waves. But looking at what the Patriots did this past season, which was nothing, they, they didn't do anything to get better. Now, granted, they didn't do anything to get any worse. So that's good, too, I guess. But I'm going to uh, I'm going to put stock in the idea of a sophomore slump on Mac Jones and the fact that it's Bill Belichick. I don't know if he is going to change up his playbook all that much when you look at Miami, who now has Tua with an entirely revamped offense, and the fact that you got Mike. McDaniel. God, I always want to say something else. Mike McDaniel as the new head coach slash offensive coordinator. This team is going to be different yeah. than, yeah. than uh, any team has seen of them because they, they just don't know. So like law of averages, I think that you are going to have a better chance of seeing more Dolphins wins than you do uh Dolphins losses. What it comes down to for me is I trust Bill Belichick to get it done. And the thing I'm so unsure about with Miami is I really think they, with McDaniel going over there, who's to say Tyreek Hill doesn't turn into Debo Samuel? And now he becomes a dual threat kind of guy. They use him as just a versatile weapon like they can. Just get the ball in his hands. He could be a real game changer over there. And Dark horse, very dark horse. If everything goes well, MVP candidate. I want the Packers to spank the Dolphins this year when they play at the third end week, when they play on Christmas. I was like, when do they play this year? I'm looking right at it. They play on Christmas. I have a unique history with the Dolphins and the Packers. It was 2010. I performed in a mass marching band routine at Lambeau Field when the Packers and Dolphins were in the eventual Super Bowl season, mind you. We were part of the Fox Valley Mega Corps marching band or whatever the hell we called it. <laughs> and they ended up losing that game. And it was so hot. 
And I just wanted nothing more than to see them actually win. And then they didn't even let us watch the game. It was like they shipped us in, do our little and then out. And you didn't even get to watch. And I didn't find out what happened until later when I watched the highlights. So I picked 45 to nothing. You are the reason they lost that game. What, because I hit an F sharp on my tenor sax when I was supposed to do an F major chord? I don't think stop so. Stop it, stop it. You're oh, making all the girls out bother over here. Oh, well, look behind you. Look behind you, man. You I know what that it. is? That's a bass guitar I spent four figures on. You know how many women it got me? One. She's outside right now. <laughs> That's all I needed to do. I only needed yeah. one. And uh, I think front runner of this division, like we said, is the Bills. I, I mean, I have the Bills going to the Super Bowl. I don't know how they don't go to the Super Bowl this year. They are so fucking good, and they just seem to get better and better each year. Um, yeah, so I, I think the Bills are just going to mop the floor with this division. I agree. I can see that. Uh, the Von Miller signing huge, one of the biggest signings of the offseason. Team gets better on offense, too. Josh Allen has got to be on a short list for MVP candidates next season. I'm excited to watch Bills football, for sure. Great fans, too. Bills Mafia. Light the fucking tables on fire. Let's do it. I'm all for it, as long as everyone's cool with it. <laughs> I don't know if the NFL is, but I'm for it. And I like the Super Bowl pick with the Bills. I I don't know if I'm there yet, though. I think I got other teams. I, I, they, they just keep getting so close. And overtime, killing Josh Allen last year, I don't know if they can get the same production out of Stephon Diggs like that. I would hope so. But that was a really great year out of him. Josh Allen, if he's your quarterback, you're always going to have a shot. I, I 100% agree. I love Josh Allen. Big hoss of a dude. Cannon of an arm. He's got a hose. Yeah, I'm thinking 12-5 and five for them this year. Really, the only big hole they have to fill now is the punter position, obviously, with what's gone down this week with uh, Matt Ariza. Yeah, enough said on that story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, next up, let's go to the AFC North. Okay, I was thinking we go to the AFC North as well. Good. Well, that's great. <laughs> Folks can agree on stuff like that. <laughs> Doesn't always happen. Uh, AFC North, who do you got at the bottom? Because this is a weird division that, man, I, really, any of them could be at the bottom at any time. Any of them could be at the top at any time. I, and I think there are so many different variables to the AFC North. And how these guys well, are going to beat each other up this year. Yeah, and that's not even the worst division for that. Right. But uh, let's start with you, Adam. Who do you got at the bottom of the AFC North? So this is interesting because a little while earlier, I said that Kenny Pickett has the potential to be an amazing quarterback, whether it's in Pittsburgh or somewhere else. At the same time, this is probably the team for me that's the most likely of all four of them to finish in the bottom bottom because it's just one of those situations where you are now in the post Roethlisberger era in full and you're trying to figure in yourself out. You know, you're that, you're that freshman in college that went to orientation week after you were king of the roost in high school and you have to rebrand your identity a little bit. Now you could do like what I did and join a fraternity, but I wouldn't recommend that. What I would recommend is taking it slow and uh, not trying to force things with this guy and maybe be willing to accept the fact that 
despite how much the Ginzers want you to win 12, 13 games a year, that that might just not happen this year. Now take it slow, pace yourself, be kind, nurturing, talk him through, caress the quarterback, if you will, and caress him on the way to a six or seven win season if you have to. So do you see a scenario in which it goes really well, though, the first year? I do with Pittsburgh. I, I'm not saying win the division. I'm not even saying playoff berth. But we got a situation in Cleveland right now in which Deshaun Watson is going to miss the first 11 games. And now Jacoby Brissett, one of our favorite guys, backup quarterback guy, sound the alarm. Ooh, wah, wah. Um, I, I would say that's going to hurt them. A lot in the beginning. 11 games. I know, you know, if it would have been the whole year, I definitely would have Cleveland at the bottom of this, I think. I I, I would assume, right? Um, Pittsburgh's got a pretty good defense. They got a great defense that gets to the quarterback. They got a lot of playmakers, at least, that could go out there and take over games on the on their defense. Fitz, Minka Fitzpatrick trade is the best thing Pittsburgh could have done for post-Roethlisberger, I think. He's been an absolute spark plug for them since he's come over to Pittsburgh right now. I see a scenario in which Cleveland's at the bottom of this. I, I think they're going to rely on their run game, but I think Kareem Hunt wants out, it, it sounds like. And mm-hmm. I, the trade deadline's moved back one week this year, I think, too. Now with the 17-week season, I think the trade deadline's moved back one week. I think that gives a lot of opportunity for Kareem Hunt to be on the move, and he'd be a starting running back on – a lot of football teams in the NFL right now, I think. Nick Chubb's a beast. He's going to have to do a lot of work for that team. And I don't know if they're going to be able to close out games, win the close games. I'm taking Cleveland at the bottom of this division. I, I think I think they return to sorrow, and it's a little bit of karma for their move they made in the offseason, maybe. I don't know. Um, and I, I see a scenario in which Kenny Pickett does a little better and is able to maybe win – eight games, seven games this year. Maybe Mitch Trubisky wins a game or two this year at the beginning of the season. Why not? I mean, maybe he is. Maybe he has changed a little bit. He learned under Josh Allen. Uh, what, what is he's the only quarterback with, what is it, 50 touchdown passes and no pick sixes? Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's the only guy who's got 50 career touchdown passes or more without throwing a pick six. So fun little tidbit for you on Mitch Trubisky there. So the AFC North is playing the NFC South and the AFC East this season, which mm. it's a pretty good draw for them. It, it, but that also means that they got they got some scary teams. They, you know, they got the the Bills, they got the uh, Dolphins, they got the Saints, they got the Buccaneers. That's better than playing the AFC and NFC West. Well, duh. You know but what I mean? That's a pretty I, good draw for them on a couple of games that can go either way with New Orleans. I'm looking at Atlanta. I'm looking at the schedule, right? And, you know, this is going off of what you, Adam, were talking about. You know, schedule-wise, I can see nine legit losses in the first 11 games by uh, the Browns. Yeah. Uh, based on the fact that, again, you'd have what, uh, what I was saying. Yeah, no Deshaun Watson for 11 games. I, I'm I, – it's going to be 50-50 to me. I don't know. Right now I, I'm looking at um, a predictor. You know, they got the Steelers at the bottom with 7-10, and 10, Browns at 9-8. and eight. I don't know if you see the Browns have a winning season. I, I don't know. I really don't feel confident on the Browns uh, going forward. And then on top of that – 
you know, the last five games, which, or sorry, six games that they'll have Deshaun Watson playing. Uh, Texans, okay. At Bengals, Ravens at home, Saints at home, at, uh, at Washington, okay. At Steelers. I mean, those are some, you know, three out of no, the six. No gimmies by any means. So I don't know. I really do feel like the Browns could be at the bottom just because it's Jacoby Brissett. All right, so here's another thought then when we're looking at this division, guys. The team that went to the Super Bowl representing the AFC last year, how primed are they to make a repeat performance? Because, you mean, I love what Joe Burrow has done, and I like how Coach Taylor has handled that situation because they knew, especially after the injury, you know, they could have taken that multiple ways and they could have tried to really force him to be something that he wasn't or tried to alter his game style so that a grippling injury never could never happen again. But we know that that's not the case. I like the way he's performed since coming back from that injury. And his stock is primed to be super high in that division where, I mean, the primary quarterback competition is him, Mahomes, who is, you know, I mean, he's not an old guy, but he's had a, he's got a few years under his belt now. And then Josh Allen and maybe Lamar Jackson. And if you want to say that Russell Wilson can still do things now that he's in the AFC West. And we'll get to that, of course, in a second. How, how prime do you think the Bengals are to make that run back to the top of the mountain for the AFC, considering we haven't even mentioned really the Ravens at all yet and all the things that they could potentially do? Man, I could even see the Ravens being third. And I only say that because they do not have an offense outside of Lamar Jackson. They just got rid of... Uh, Hollywood Brown, who's the only one that had any sort of star name power attached to him. Uh, I, I I don't know. I'm not super big on Lamar Jackson this year. Mm, I, I think that's I think that's hot take. I am maybe I'm maybe I'm hot with it. I'm going to say the Ravens are going to be the most improved team this year. I see a lot. Lamar's coming on a contract here. He's going to want to ball out. He's going for it. He's going to be in his bag, I promise you. They got a lot of returning team. You remember, this was the most injury-riddled team last season. They didn't have starting running backs, starting linemen, starting receivers, no corners. Coming back, they're going to have Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey. They're going to have uh, J.K. Dobbins, Ronnie Stanley, who's played two games since 2020. They also got yeah. Kyle Fuller in uh, as well. That like super one year. This is going to be a much more complete Baltimore team this year than we saw last season. And they were still pretty close last season when they were beat up. Remember with Lamar Jackson, not playing a lot and Tyler Huntley doing his damnedest to try for the team at least, but not to mention the worst injury. They've gone to the preseason pretty healthy. I know they put Bowser on the pup list, but the worst injury that they've had this preseason is to their mascot. So if that's yes. the ball, you got, oh, you're looking a lot better than you were in 2021. Well, they did also make the most uh, boneheaded move of the offseason when they signed Brett Hubby. So just remember that. That's okay. That's okay. That means pretty a lot good. coming from the backup QB guys. Yeah, he, he can't even cut it. He's back not up. He's not it, for sure. For sure not it. Um, I will say this about Joe Burrow, though. If you didn't invest your stock in Joe Burrow when you saw that 2019 LSU Tiger football team, you're crazy. I mean, he is absolutely fantastic at playing the game of football. 
He has so much swag. He brings a lot of energy to the game. That's great for marketing. It's great for football. And he's really good. This Jamar Chase hookup. Remember when everyone was criticizing the pick of drafting Jamar Chase when, oh, that's too high for him or that's not the biggest need they needed on that Bengals team. They should have drafted linemen. Well, they shut everyone up on that off the rip first year. I'm wondering if it's going to lead to trends in the uh, in the NFL for that. Are we going to see more college guys hook up together in the pro leagues? Is that going to be a focus? We just saw, saw it last year. Well, and we just saw Hollywood Brown now link up with Kyler Murray. They played at Oklahoma together. That's a new one this offseason. We don't necessarily talk about. We talked about last week, but it's now a trend that teams are starting to develop is building guys that have chemistry already before they get to the NFL together. And <laughs> I really like what they did in Cincinnati. I think I'm going to take the Ravens this year to take the North, though. I, I, I like how improved the team looks on paper. If I might make a wrestling reference to that, this sort of feels like we are now in the rock and wrestling era of the NFL, where the mega powers are uniting to form a duo of power for their respective teams. That, that's um, Hulk Hogan and Macho Man, just yep. so you know. Now, granted, if, maybe for the purpose of Cincinnati, you don't want this to be the rock and wrestling era because that connection did not last for very long. And uh, it would be very interesting to see who Miss Elizabeth is in this uh, simile. <laughs> who comes into Cincinnati to throw a divide between Jamar and Joe Burrow? Um, I'm sorry. I still see the Bengals leading this. They got Lyle Collins this uh, offseason. I think that's a huge pickup because we all knew that the main reason that they lost that Super Bowl was because their offensive line was trash. And, you know, that's that's just one move that they made to help bolster the line. They did a whole bunch to make that line a lot better. If Joe Burrow is able to have a pocket to sit in for anywhere of five to six seconds, man, that's all day for a quarterback all day and i think that's what they're they're gunning for man they're gonna be a much better team not to mention we haven't even brought up joe mixon yet he despite having one of the rockiest starts to an nfl career that you could probably have with everything that went on with him off the field you put that just on the side for a moment and he's turning into quite a good nfl running back that maybe pretty much aren't talking as much about we pretty much unshamed Joe Mixon yeah, last year. Yeah. We were big Joe Mixon doubters, haters, if you would. And we, said, well, I think, certified him legit come playoff time. We, we, we turned around on him completely. We are, we're big into Joe Mixon guys now. He is going uh, to carry the River West Trash Pandas to a fantasy victory this year. That is my hope anyway. Yes, I don't know. <laughs> All right, well, moving on. the fucking trash pandas? <laughs> you know the, the trash AFC pandas, right? South. Let's go to the AFC South, right? All right, we're moving. Um, probably one of the more underwhelming, the most underwhelming division in the AFC this year. Um, who do you got at the bottom of this one, Dave? Since you, you're always the guy who likes to be the most blunt, I think, on the show. It's Houston. Okay. Houston's going to be at the bottom. I think you're going to see a, a revitalized Jacksonville team uh, to kind of carry them past what the, the dumpster fire that is uh, Houston. They haven't done anything 
for me to feel comfortable that they've done enough. Um, yeah, I, and who's the head coach? It's Lovey Smith now, right? Yeah. Old, old, old. Great beard. Great beard. Now, and, and again, I guess it kind of depends on what, uh, what's his name does, uh, uh, Davis Mills, and how much he's able to progress as a quarterback of last season. But, you know, having like John Mechie out as well for a good portion of time is going to really suck for this team. I just don't see them being good. You know, I look, I agree. I, agree. I look at this and a team like Indianapolis, what, what are we doing? Like, what are they do? What is their identity as a football team? It, they seem so far removed from the stability of the Andrew Luck period, as short as it may have been. You always felt like they were going to be that team that was in it. And then, of course, when you have Peyton Manning, Indianapolis is might be they might be with the closest team in comparison from quarterback transition A to quarterback B that we you can compare to Green Bay because you go from Peyton to Andrew. That was supposed to be the next you know 15 years of your franchise. And fast forward now and we've got Matt Ryan coming in to try and provide some stability for you. Like, like OK, <laughs> all right. But I'll, I'm I'm going to go uh, I'm going to go in the direction you were going, Dave. I am very curious, cautiously curious about this Jacksonville team. I would love, and it would be good for the NFL if there is a good football team in a market like Jacksonville. Which, when they started, they went out gangbusters and they were winning 13 games right off the bat with Coughlin leading things. They have been dog water since that point, and so I think. Duval, what you talking about? You know what I'm talking about. They've been trash. So it's good for the NFL when you have teams like that that are successful because I've often said the AFC South is home to two teams that I forget have an NFL football team. One of them is Jacksonville and the other one is the Tennessee Titans because I, and that's that's not fair to Tennessee because Nashville is a hell of a city. From the times that I have been there, there is so much going on. And uh, we had a quarterback that was, quote, open to moving down in that area. So clearly there's a lot to do for that city. But I always forget when I'm listing the 32 teams or, well, maybe in the past, because now, again, I've done this for a living. So I should know the 32 teams. But when I was younger, I would go through the teams that are in the NFL and go, and then uh, there's, um, uh, I think there's a team called the Jaguar, Jacksonville and... Yeah, I could never remember that the Titans were an NFL football team. I think Jacksonville taking that jump is on a lot of people's dark horse sneak list. And I'm not, I, I don't think I'm there. Trevor Lawrence did have a really hell of a week 17. Uh, he looked really great against Indianapolis that week. Had a lot of nice plays that were reminiscent of his days in Clemson. How do you feel about Trevor Lawrence coming into year two? Do you think he's on track to make a big jump? I know the Urban Meyer situation, obviously looking at it now, probably could have been good for young quarterback success. Do you think, who's there now? Doug Peterson, right? Yeah, quarterback whisperer. Do you think he helps Trevor Lawrence take a big jump this this season and we see Jacksonville sniff maybe like seven wins? Well, I mean, if he can do it with Nick Foles, I think he can probably do it with anybody. That hey, guy Nick. as a full yes. hero in Philadelphia for the next 50 years, even though he did nothing before, has really done nothing since. 
And Lawrence is obviously way more gifted of a quarterback than he is. So, yeah, I could definitely see it. I like that duo more than I think maybe some people do. Peterson-Lawrence could potentially take a huge step forward, especially when you play in a division with the no-identity Colts and the trash panda Texans. You know what, and- and I know it's Titans, who you forgot. I know. <laughs> yes, uh... No, I think they will do fine. I think they could be, a, if they don't win the division, they'll be a fringe playoff team. I know that, you know, a lot of people maligned their signings, but Jacksonville did get some players that Christian are Kirk. Christian Kirk. I mean, that, yeah, they got Evan Ingram, who's probably better than their tight end last season. I don't even know who the fuck that was. Yeah. Uh, Zay so Jones. Zay Jones is kind of a name, right? I mean, they paid so much for all those guys. They, they and then, of course, there are two first-round picks who are going to probably be studs pretty early on in Trayvon Walker and Devin Lloyd. Oh, and not to mention, you get uh, finally get a season of Travis Etienne, who might do something. I don't. Yeah, that's you know. another college hookup connection. And him and uh, him, him and Robinson. I mean, that's a fun, fun little. That's us. That was us. Well, <laughs> yeah, that, that happens once. Around happens. where I live, it's not too uncommon to hear some sirens every now and then. So I was just checking, like, oh, that's not me. Nope. Usually that's right Andrea next to uh, two senior living centers. So that's Uh-oh. all day. Usually, usually that's an injury alert, which means uh, Travis Etienne is probably going out for the season. Maybe. So, okay. yeah. Could have been. I, I think this is Tennessee's division, man. I don't think the Colts are co- – I, I think the Colts are second. I think the Colts are second. Wow. I think this Matt Ryan tour is going to be Ben Roethlisberger last year. That's what I think. I think it's going to be sad, man. I don't think – do you love Matt Ryan? Did you see the Colt? Tell me – oh, wait till Hard Knocks comes on today on this episode. Oh, dude. Matt Ryan's not it. I don't think he's it. He's going to be old. He's going to be old and washed. I am – that's my take on it. I think the Colts are a really good team around him. I think they have a shot to sniff the playoffs still. I just don't think it's with Matt Ryan. They're they're having any long-term playoff success thoughts. Realistically, do you guys think his soul was sucked from his football player body after that 28 to 3 loss? Yes. And I know yes. I'm not a huge superstition guy, although aliens are real. <laughs> I just feel like that was a moment in time where, and the, I don't want to call it hilarious because if I were in these fan shoes, I wouldn't find it funny at all. No. But it is kind of funny as an outsider to watch the YouTube video where this guy is at, there's like a fan gathering of uh, Falcons fans for that Super Bowl game. They're in like some big hotel lobby or something. The place is just full of people. And to see everything up until that point, just that it's a party and you know it's the atl they're like having a good time everyone's vibing and then that fourth quarter in ot happens and you feel like the dementors just come in and just rip out everyone's <laughs> happiness and their soul <laughs> and you just see them all walk out just silently like a lot of people probably did in 2014 for us but even worse, because that was the literal fucking Super Bowl, and you lost twenty-eight to th- you lost ever having a twenty to three lead. I'm big. I'm big on the Colts. I'm not really? saying Matt. I, I don't think Matt Ryan's going to be all that great. In fact, I could still even see him being that you know twenty twenty-one Ben Roethlisberger shell of a human quarterback. But 
I have enough faith in Jonathan Taylor. I have enough faith in the products that they have at wide receiver. You know, they have some decent wide receivers, man. They also have, you know, arguably one of the best defenses in, in the league. I think they can win despite Matt Ryan. And have it be kind of like a Peyton Manning on the Broncos type deal. I don't like to trust teams where your running back is your best player. That's that's what I'm at with it. When Jonathan Taylor, it. Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry, while they are the probably the two best, I mean, maybe Nick Chubb's, and that's another thing with Cleveland. I didn't have them very high, right? Nick Chubb is probably, the, it's those three. They're in a tier of their own in this NFL right now, I think. And... I don't think it translates to long seasons. I think those guys either get banged up and their success is now not as good. Look at the Panthers. They were 3-0 to start the year last year. And I had a lot of stock in Carolina with how successful they were at the beginning of the year. I'll never let them that down. No, I quickly, though, shifted it. Once I saw McCaffrey was out, the team lost all its dynamic on its offense, and I saw instantly, probably within that second loss, I would say they were three and two, and I said, no, sell it all. Get rid of it. This team is nothing. That's how I feel with if something went down with Jonathan Taylor or Derrick Henry, those teams lose a lot of their identity, and then you're relying on a quarterback who couldn't even take over the team to start off with. I think they have more. I think they have enough to kind of Colts are a very complete team. Prove that. Very yeah. complete team. Outside of quarterback. Shaquille Leonard, not Darius Leonard now. From now on, remember that. Ah, yes. Shaquille Leonard. Uh, let's wrap it up. Let's go to the AFC West. This is the division everyone wants the to The Thunderdome, baby. Let's go. I have no idea where to start with this. So I'm gonna ask one of you two to start it so I don't look like an idiot if something happens. But I will say this has got to be the most exciting division in the NFL this year. We have the best gaggle of quarterbacks with Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr, Justin Herbert, and the newly added Russell Wilson. This is an amazing division. And if I'm a fan of one of these four teams, I'm feeling good. All of them. I'm feeling good. No reason to feel down on this season, at least, right? Here we got. Would you want to start at the top of this division instead? We'll start at the top of this one instead of working backwards. Who do you think is the team that makes it out of this absolute barbaric division? San Diego, sorry, L.A. Chargers. Ooh. I'm going L.A. Chargers this Ooh. year. I'm feeling Justin Herbert's going to be an absolute monster. They have loaded up that defense, you know, getting Khalil Mack for practically peanuts. And uh, some wide receivers to help them out, some offensive threats to help them out. This is the type of year for Justin Herbert to come out and be a perennial MVP candidate. I think the only thing that sets them back, if it sets them back, is Brendan Staley because that man loves to play Russian roulette and uh, it can really come back to bite them in the ass. Hmm. This is a tricky one for me and for everybody to try and figure out. I was going to make a point about the Raiders' offense in the preseason being the only team to score over 90 points, but then I remembered they played an extra preseason game, so that doesn't count. 
But for my sake, I would love for them to be a 13-14 win team and run away with this division because that means that Devontae Adams is succeeding, which means the Trash Pandas are succeeding because he's my wide receiver one. <laughs> uh, but if we're looking objectively, this is hard. I am fully believing uh, with you, Dave, that Justin Herbert is going to be electric this year. The signs point to him having... The, the welcome to being in the upper echelon of quarterbacks seasons, especially when he has, and again, we'll go back to the schedule. You got the Raiders, then you got the Chiefs, Jaguars, Texans, Browns, Broncos, Seahawks, Falcons, in that order to start things out for your season. There's a that's, lot of defenses the out there that are going to be just baffled by if you can throw anything beyond a 50-yard pass. Like this very easily could be a five and two start to the season for them, if not better. And when you're in a duke it out division like this is going to be, that kind of start can set you apart very early. You guys will very much remember a few years ago when the NFC West was the division where every team could potentially have a winning record and we'll just see what happens. That could be the case this year. And if you start out hot and you have a guy like Herbert who is and can be that wide uh, wide receiver one, that quarterback one for your division, even maybe over Patrick, potentially. I like the Chargers as well. I I find it really hard to not love Kansas City. And I know they lose Tyreek Hill, but this is a team that's got an established quarterback, one of the best in the NFL, an established head coach, one of the best in the NFL. And a team that's made seven straight playoff appearances. They know how to win football games. Losing Tyreek Hill is going to hurt a lot. They tried to do that. They tried to do addition by committee. They got Juju coming in now. They have MVS coming in now. I don't know how those are going to work out for them. But with Patrick Mahomes throwing him the football, it's sure to be not a problem all the way, I would assume. And they got some running back tandem success, too, with Edwards Hilaire now coming back, too, for them. I am, I'm really high on Kansas City still, too. For me, I think the most surefire thing, if you want to invest in anything in this division, which I don't recommend by any means, the most likely scenario I see is Denver at the bottom. And that's because I think it's going to be a transition for Russell Wilson. Do you know how good he is? I, I... Love Russell Wilson, Wisconsin legend. I mean, I remember him putting up 80 points a week, it felt like, when he was a Badger. And he was electric. He's a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. Never received an MVP vote, by the way, so uh, if anyone's wondering on that. But Russell Wilson, he's going to have a tough division, man. And it's good to have a warm-up with the NFC West, but the big brother, AFC West, is a lot more of a gauntlet than that NFC West was, I think. I I agree. I think uh, Russell Wilson is, well, I mean, he's the, the first new quarterback, you know, at least as far as everyone else is concerned. So he's just going to have to learn a lot more. I'm not saying they're going to be bad. I can still see them being. They could uh, win this division. Absolutely. I, I totally see that scenario, too. But this is a four-sided die of the division. In a, in a game of chance with this division, the one, the odds that I see the highest is Denver at the bottom. That's if I'm picking any team to finish anywhere in this division. That's the that's the best odds I think. Mm. And I'm, see now I'm just trying to I'm trying to 
piece this together here between Denver and Raider and the Raiders. I I'm gonna have to side with you, Tom, because I would certainly hope that a team that goes all in for a guy like Devontae is not going to then suddenly realize two-thirds of the way through the season, we're not going to win this division. I, it just doesn't feel like the way I think this will go. I think it's going to be a toss-up between second for second place between Denver, or not Denver, Las Vegas, and Kansas City. This also feels to me, I know earlier in this uh, episode, I said that this is the make-or-break year for Tua and the Dolphins and the parting of ways that could happen with that. This also feels a lot like for Vegas, Derek Carr's moment to finally take that step because now there's really no excuse. You've been given a gift from the heavens in a guy like Devontae. We know how great he is. And now he's there for a guy that the, the organization has defended to hell and high water, that he is a great NFL quarterback and not just, you know, a C tier kind of guy. All right, let's see it. And by the way, you've also been gifted the undubious task of having to pre- perform this year, improve yourself in a division like the AFC West with the Chiefs, the Chargers, and even the Broncos. You are going to have a tall task set out in front of you, but if you are that top-rate quarterback that we've been saying you've been for years and everyone's saying, no, you're not, you should be able to handle this now that we have the weapons given to you that you have. So, But at the same time, I mean... Like I said, I'm fully in Chargers camp this year for this division, and you make great points about Kansas City. They're certainly not going away. This could very realistically be, you know, a third place team in Vegas that wins ten games. And how? What does that mean for Carr going forward? Because you know, you could potentially be a seven seed with ten wins, and then have to go up against, you know, maybe like uh, depending how things shake out, potentially the Chargers as a two seed. Um, or maybe Buffalo, depending on how things go. And then if you lose a close playoff game, you're right back marred in that same situation again next year. So that's a very long-winded way for me to say they're probably going to finish third in my book, and it's going to be a very unsatisfying third for that whole organization if it plays out the way it does when you got the weapon in DA that you got this offseason. I would say, there is, I would just like to remind people, there is a scenario where all four teams make the playoffs with seven teams oh. now. There is. There is a scenario. Why? All four but of them. it is. Yeah. It would be wild. But there is a scenario. So we'll the NFL might burn down if that happens. <laughs> the NFL would seriously have some problems if that happened. It would be crazy. It would and be I crazy. guarantee you all of the sports shows at the end of the season, if that is looking like it could realistically something that happens, the talking point you're going to see the entire week is playoff expansion going too far. If a whole division can take out an entire slot of the playoffs seedings, is where we going too far with this? And the NFL will just sit back and say, no, we're going to do more. <laughs> 20 team playoffs. Let's go. Just everyone makes it. Series. If you go 0 and 17, we're going to play Friday, Saturday, Sunday series of yes. playoff games. Maybe you could be the next potential Oakland University that wins the Horizon League with like a, what was it, like an 11 and 20 record or something like that. But you made, you won your tournament. So congratulations, you get a 16 spot in the NCAA tournament because everybody's a winner. Uh, well, that's that's going to wrap us up, I think, here. Quickly, and give us your predictions. Who's in the Super Bowl? 
Ah, Super Bowl this year. I think, well, I think AFC championship game this year will be Buffalo Cincinnati, which is a win for everyone. If that's your AFC championship game from a environment perspective of what that game will look like on television from just a feel good perspective of the two fan bases. And it will be that clash of the Titans when you have Allen and Burrow going up against each other. I know Mahomes might still be number one consensus in the league, but We've got the world of tomorrow with Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. So that's a win for everyone. I think Cincinnati, um, I think it depends on who hosts. If you play that game in the what was Ralph Wilson Stadium environment, I don't see how they lose that game. And I think they're going to come into the postseason Buffalo hungry after the way things ended against the Chiefs last year. They know how that game should have probably gone. They need to go MJ and take it personally and run their way to the Super Bowl this year. I think they do it. I'm going with Buffalo, Kansas City. Pretty chalk. Um, I really wanted to put Baltimore in there. I really do. But I don't know how they get through one of those two teams. Maybe they can get through Kansas City. I, I think Baltimore is really – I'm really high on them this year. With a lot of returning players and Lamar on a contract here, I think he's going to be out for vengeance. I think he's going to be playing dangerous. It's Buffalo, and I don't care who the second team is because Buffalo is going to the Super Bowl. They want it. I'll so take Buffalo in the Super Bowl too. Uh, and, and as far as the NFC competitor, we didn't get the chance to answer this last week. Man, I like Buffalo, Tampa Bay. Really? Yeah. Careful, man. They're piling injuries up on down there in Tampa right now. Yeah, they are. Great, yeah, right? They are. They're looking beat up. But you're done betting against Tom Brady. Just saying. Yeah, I know. I convinced him of it. He's done betting against Tom Brady. I I hate betting against Tom Brady. He looks so stupid when he wins, too. Um, give me uh, – just go Rams, Bills. I think the Rams are going to be out for blood again. I, I The team's just fucking picks. You know, They're, they'll get players if they want them. I'm going to go Buffalo and the Detroit Dan Campbells. Oh. Dude, no, no, I can't, can't, say face. can't say it with a straight face. was <laughs> great television, and I think Campbell was a tailor-made coach for that kind of a TV show. And do not Staley. To, not to mention Jamal Williams, but no, that is yeah. no. Uh, I'll do for my real honest answer. Give me Buffalo, and I'm gonna go. Yeah, it's kind of lame to say this, but Buffalo Rams. There Very is. stupid way to end that, but yeah, no yeah. Green Bay, no Green Bay at all. No, I can't. No, that now with the receivers. I'm sorry, I'm not. I'm not there yet. Maybe we we'll get amendments to this or changes throughout the season. Sure, week, sure. Week one, week yeah. four, week uh, every week, every <laughs> week. Yes, we will. Maybe we'll do an elimination chamber, and we'll set it up like that. We'll do a wrestling reference to which teams are eliminated from the chamber. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm done. I'm. I'm down with that. Sweet. All right. Right. Adam, dude, thank you so much for jumping in, uh, having some fun with us today. It was great to uh, actually have you on the podcast. You know, me and you were, have been talking about this for what week, better part of a week and a half. So I'm happy we got it going. Uh, this is actually the point where you get to plug your shit. So whatever you want to uh, advertise about the one, the only Adam Roberts, do it now and make it, Make it hard. I don't know. <laughs> Giggity. 
Uh, well, unfortunately, I don't really have a lot going on at the moment. Now, now I, I, I will spin this around and figure out something to promote, because what's the point of coming on a podcast if you don't try to plug something at the very end? But yeah, with the transition period right now, I don't really know what the future holds for me. Um, I will say this, uh, as someone who literally crossed the state to move to Milwaukee to take the job that I had, I have no plans to be going anywhere. I'm here. We're here. We're planning a wedding around this area. We're not going anywhere. So whatever the future holds for me, it will be in the Milwaukee radio market. I'm, I've been doing radio for 13 years, if you can believe that. I am so into it now that I, it's hard to get out of something like that. So as far as the future goes, I used to, it's funny, you guys are doing this podcast and you've done an amazing job with it for the amount of episodes you've occurred back to back Thank to back. You. I had a music po- a music podcast that I did for about a year and things were going great with it until uh, I think it was uh, there was some uh, it was one of those covid variants because it was a music podcast the idea was that I wanted to go and you know have a sh- like an MTV unplugged kind of setting I literally named the show Midwest Unplugged and with covid it just made it so hard to do something like that yeah, Beyonce yeah. has thrown in that maybe now's the time to start doing something new with it. You know, you've got a wide open slate. I mean, my job right now is working at a golf course and then I come home and it's like, what do you want to do? And you can see I have a setup here to do something like this, maybe something a little different. So I'm not really sure what I want to do. I will say this, though. I'm leaving my options wide open. And uh, if anyone out there is listening, uh, you can email acroberts913 at gmail.com. I have my resume on LinkedIn. I'm going to be getting a professional headshot because I don't know if you guys have seen my headshot on LinkedIn is horrible. I, it looks like, my it LinkedIn looks like profile picture is like a side profile. It's just like a wide angle lens. It's just yeah. the worst thing ever. It was taken before uh, I went out on a date with my fiance. She took the headshot of me and was like, here, you should probably use this. So now to update that. But as far as uh, what I'd like to promote, I guess I'm going to take this opportunity, if you don't mind, Dave, and do uh, what's called a pro gamer move and promote you a little bit because, uh, you know, and for those who listen to the show, maybe you've heard before, but Dave does great work in the world of stand-up comedy. And I actually got a chance to see Dave at uh, Comedy Sports in Walker's Point a couple of weeks ago. He got me hooked up in the blue section, and I did contribute a few ideas to the show. As someone who loves the art of improv and any kind of comedy, I'm very aware that it is one of the most difficult things that you can do, especially improv. Being able to just grab at straws and make something happen right there live is nothing short of amazing. So if you are in the Milwaukee area or uh, I think, do you do also shows out in Brookfield, in the Brookfield one as well? Do you do shows? I do not. No, that's, that's so like I do improv comedy. The people right. that are at the improv do stand-up comedy. So Yes, know. does that make sense? Yeah, no, no shit. But yeah, if you are listening to the show and have a chance to get out to Walker's Point to Comedy Sports, you definitely should do so. Um, I ate and drank for a very affordable price, I might note, for a neighborhood that has a lot of places that'll set you back a pretty penny for a burger. I, I agree with that on Comedy Sports. They're pretty reasonably priced for a pretty good time. You know yeah. what I mean? You can, you can get you can heavy pours, baby. Heavy yeah. pours. Yeah. And the environment, again, if you like... Uh, Stand up or improv, but specifically improv, 
it's the it's one of the places you got to go and especially for milwaukee I mean, it literally is a sports arena designed around stand-up comedy. So if you're listening to this podcast, you like live sports settings. This is literally one team of comedians against another team of comedians meeting in the middle for a battle of the comedy greats. So go check it out. Comedy Sports, Walker's Point. That host, Dave, probably will see him on stage leading either the red or blue team, whatever they decide to name it that night. It's like he wants to come back on this podcast again. <laughs> Either that or I want you to use me as a live audience member for one of your shows. Totally All right. Happen. Okay. Okay. Damn, now I know that you usually <laughs> that for people celebrating a special occasion. And I think that the people would start to realize, hey, hasn't that guy had like six birthdays <laughs> this month? But you could be the one, Dave, that pivots me from radio broadcasting into a career on the stage. Uh, well, here's the thing. I mean, you'd have to get paid a lot more than what I should pay there. So. Well, the threshold is broadcasting. So even a yeah. lateral move by an inch, that's something. That's fair. That's fair. Oh, what a great guy Adam is. What a great guy. Adam Roberts used to call my wrestling matches in lacrosse. Oh, hell yeah. So AR has done some weird shit, and he will admit it that he has called some weird stuff. He used to call, like, uh, like gymnastic events in uh, lacrosse as well because he just loves to put boots on the ground. Okay. He knows nothing about gymnastics. Good for him. Good for him. Yeah, we'll have to get him back on. Uh, thank you again, uh, AR. So happy to have you. And we, we wish nothing but the best, best for you when you, you're finding some work. Okay, now it comes to the segment that we've been waiting for, people. Hard Knocks. Oh, dude. Love Hard Knocks, man. I mean, it's just so good week in and week out. We, week in, week out, it's what you need to be watching we had clip of the year yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna try my hardest to find clip of the year yeah the clip of the year is hands down deuce staley losing his voice and sounding like <laughs> sounded like a fucking mickey mouse club impersonator uh and trying to motivate his team during this uh, indie preseason game. I mean, well, I, I I was laughing hysterically throughout the entire thing. Oh, what? You hit my fucking hole? What the fuck? That's not what the fuck we're talking about. That's not what the fuck we're about. So you better pick this shit up. I'm telling you right now. You better pick this shit up, especially when you get fucking tired. Stop feeling sorry for your fucking selves. That's the fucking game. You gotta play when you're fucking tired. You gotta play when you're fucking hurt. Coming back with your fucking eyes all big like you confused. No, fuck that. Go to the next play. Not fucking good enough. Uh, at this training camp that they had the joint practice, Jamal Williams just talking his shit the whole time. Jamal Williams was looking for blood, yeah. dude. Just an absolute dog. Someone you want on your team. Malcolm Rodriguez is now the fan favorite, I think, right? Rodrigo? Yeah, we, yeah, we root for him. We I, root I, for him. I, I think he's kind of fell into that role. Aiden Hutchinson, still uh, king douche. It's all right. He wasn't that bad this episode. Well, you know what it was? 
is that like they didn't show his family you know yeah. like they, it, it was just him then you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, but. no, I don't know what his mom's name is, but no her, no Chris Hutchinson, no Mia, no Aria. Aria. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, stupid questions galore. Though, uh, who was uh, who? Uh, uh, Easy. Yeah. Easy, the, the lineman that... He's getting cut. Yeah. He's getting cut. Also, I'm sorry. So, uh, I, I don't know his full name, and I don't want to butcher it. The man is from... Nigeria, so this is definitely not uh, my rel- my comfort zone. But Easy, the lineman, uh, talked about his struggles, and then the big voice narrator talked about his struggles throughout as well. He started to show some promise in the preseason game. I'll give him that. Sure. But really, all I could focus on was the fact that his wife was ready to kick anyone's ass in that game. Uh, on that field yes she's a beast man she i she was ready to go with her at all no she was ready for it and david blau way to close baby yep. way to close yeah finally all right they did it dude they won i i i love watching hard knocks it's so much fun it's so much fun and great appearances by tim boyle former packer oh yeah. jack cone Jack Cone, former uh, Wisconsin former Badger, Badger and Fighting Illini. Or not, yeah, Irish. Irish. Fighting Irish. Jesus Christ. It's all right. Jack Cone, yeah, he gets the David Blau moment of throwing it over his head <laughs> now and that, which is just brutal that it's not even their team on Hard Knocks and so, he gets screwed. So we didn't count. What was the number of mans said by uh, one Dan Campbell? 47 he said man every opportunity he yeah could. every single chance was every nuts. single chance he yeah he he was he, man i'll just tell you man who's here man and uh, uh i i think we did get a little cry no yeah at the end of the game it was close yeah it was close it's a weak one but he was he's quivering yeah so on a, uh so dan campbell did gave a rousing speech post game uh to his team being how confident he was or uh, I'd say proud he was of his team. It, it's a G. It wasn't a super uh, a super gritty. No, not not the cry. grittiest cry we've seen. But you know what? It was passionate nonetheless. Love the grit hat still. Still love the grit hat. So good. Let's get into hot takes. Hot takes. Uh, mine's going to be about the Ravens. I'm high on the Baltimore Ravens this year. I think they win the AFC North. I, I really like, I like what they're doing. I think they're going to have a lot of guys back on a really good team before all the injuries. All right. Uh, my hot take, Julio Rodriguez got a fat contract by the Mariners. I don't think they're going to regret that. No. I think Julio Rodriguez is a guy that uh, will not drop off. I, and I I know that uh, Tom over here has Deadspin hooked up to our main screen. Uh, and there is a Julio Rodriguez article. I just want to preface this that I actually was going to say this ahead of time after I saw that article about two days ago. Mm. So, like, but it's true. I, I do like Julio Rodriguez a lot. I picked him in the home run derby to do some uh, dar- some uh, some shit. So I think Julio is going to be one hell of a good player in the MLB. Yeah, I like that too. Okay, uh, quick hits. Yeah, quick hits time. All right, um, Bucks are champions again. They are. They won, people. Esports. 
2K League. Oh. Bucks Gaming. Coming up. Taking down Wizards Gaming in four games. Absolutely. Four? I thought it was only three. Oh, I thought it was four games. I thought they swept them. It was um, pretty dominating. They were up 2-0, I know. I was following it on Twitter this week. A lot of shit talking in that league. Oh, my God. I love it. I live for it. I'll yeah. throw in a couple of clips of it. We was in the lobby last night. Champ 2K, Joe Vegas, all them said. We wasn't going to beat the Warriors yesterday. I told him we coming, we coming for the final four. Lance had to trade it up for me. I told him what we was going to do in the interview. Now we here. Johnny Red is a certified killer. Everybody's a dog. We fight. Nobody had it. Everybody here, bro. I'm just happy for everybody here. Thank everybody that came to support us. Win on me. Win on three. One, two, three. Win. Right here as well. And you guys can hear for yourself. I mean, it's like, you're not made for this. It's the playoffs, you know? Fuck. This was their first NBA 2K championship, by the way. Yeah. Oh, it was 3-1. Uh, yeah, in Indianapolis, beating the Wizards District Gaming. Let's go. Electric, can we... Do they get rings? They better. Ooh, I don't know. Uh, but Bucks were led by MVP and first ever league draft pick, Artreo Boyd, a.k.a. Dimes. Well, now we got to get a Bucks gaming player on. Okay, we I could definitely like, do that. Yeah, I feel like that's that's attainable. We, uh, we yeah, this this 2K League 5v5 Championship prize pool, they won $500,000. Good dude. shit. Good yeah. for them. Yeah. Between what, like five guys? I would assume. Yeah. Now, they, there's probably a coach too, right? Maybe, yeah. That makes sense. But Dimes. We yeah. gotta get, we, we're going to reach him out. We're going to reach out to Dimes, Boyd. Next, um, I have the Willie Mays getting his jersey retired in New York, and that's a little weird to me. Because he only played two years there. And this Deadspin article by Rob Parker, actually, has a big bone to pick that Daryl Strawberry doesn't have his number retired. And I wanted, to, I wanted to comment on that. I mean, he's Willie Mays. Why the fuck not? And did we talk about Bill Russell getting his number retired when, we, when it happened? Like, he's no. just a guy like legend who should just get his number retired. Why not? Who cares? If a team had him and they want to do it, sure. Capitalize. The Brewers have Hank Aaron. And, I mean, I get it. He was a Milwaukee Brave for a long time. Yeah. But he wasn't a Brewer. All the Braves titles count for the Braves. They don't count for us. Fair. Fair. Uh, and then my last one. Uh, a high school. Oh, yes. I did see this. A high school team in Illinois did mom's practice, I guess. Um, mom's night mom's night and they were allowed to hit their children in full pads there were some savage tackles i i mean this is a great idea why not let's just give the kids concussions from their parents first like might as well yeah that way we don't have to blame football we can just blame the parents yeah i don't know how they had this passed like through the school i can't imagine the school was like oh yeah we're good with this well it wasn't that bad i don't know if you saw they tackled them into uh like padding and stuff for sure i'm playing playing some of the videos right now there's some some legit layouts though i mean all things considered oh yeah now the real question is did the boys get a chance to blitz their mother oh fuck (laughs) 
I missed that one. That oh. was helmet to helmet contact, dude. No shot they did. No shot they got that chance. See, then I'm not down. I want to be able to drop kick my mother. <laughs> that would be something. That would be something. There it is. That's my quick hits. All right. My turn. Quick hits time. First things first. Mentioned very, very briefly. Did you see the Ravens mascot? Yes. Hilarious. Poe the Raven was injured on the field after getting tackled by a youth football player during halftime. Mm. And uh, you know what? It was a pretty solid tackle if you didn't see the video. Um, But then the best part is Poe just sitting there doing the like talking to the, uh, the medical staff. And uh, that, to me, was always a very funny He got, like, carried off the field. It was a very emasculating moment as well. Weak ass! Yeah, it was not a great look. Free Poe, man. Free Poe. All right. Next up. So, uh, this isn't official yet. Or, I would say at all. South Carolina is having uh, an issue with their mascot. Um so it, it, originally it's Sir Big Spur. That is the game cock. Uh, but it has gone through a bunch of new ownership deals. Uh, the original owners, Mark Snelling and Ron Albertelli, uh, eventually gave up control of Sir Big Spur to some new people. Uh, Beth and Van uh, Van Clark. So uh, you know, those two have been fighting at it and because of this uh con- like contentious situation they've decided to change the name of sir big spur the gamecock mm. so they did what any people would do and uh looked into a fan vote so didn't actually say like this is where we're going uh but just decided like hey give us some ideas right now the overwhelming front runner, Dick, cock commander. Yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, yes. You saw that coming. You saw that yes. coming from a mile away. I I don't care what it is. Oh, cock okay. commander needs to be the new fucking nickname of South Carolina's Gamecocks. I don't think it will. I don't I, think I it know will. it won't. But right now, the the second place. So right, they have seventy percent of the votes for cock commander. Uh, second place is Cluck Norris, which is also I'm okay with that. Pretty fucking solid. I'm okay with that. Uh, you want me to to read off some of the other names? Sure. Because uh, I know I had them. Cluck uh, Norris, uh, Coop, and Brewster have also been no suggested. Not liking those. Yeah. Uh, to me, Cluck Norris. Yeah, I'll take that one or Cock Commander. So. 70% of the votes. 12,373 total votes for Cock Commander. Runner up, Cluck Norris. 802 total oh my two God. votes. 5% of the votes. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying, it's time to go. It's, it's time to get Cock Commander in. Uh, last but not least, this baseball week has been weird for fans. Very weird. First of all, did you see the uh, New York Yankee fan? Yeah. Doing the glizzy straw. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's different. He's different. 
that that's just different. I and then first of all, not to t- totally segue away from it, they then tried it on like the TBS crew. Yes, they did, which I was also going to bring up. Um, Dexter Fowler and Curtis Granderson on the TBS crew. What a, with Pedro Martinez, like oh yeah, great great stuff, great stuff, great nostalgia on that. Yeah. Uh, also, Pedro Martinez being like. Fuck that! I ain't doing this. <laughs> was awesome. Uh, I believe I, I believe Dexter Fowler was one that uh, started to go, and he was like, "Yeah, it's like salty and sour. Like, oh, why the fuck God. are you drinking it then? Stop!" He kept on going back. Weird. So yes, that was the first one. The second one, I'm gonna play for you this video. Uh, I want you. To try to uh, tell me what is going on. Okay. Um, this is in Oakland, mind you. Oh, yeah. Did you see this? I think so. This video? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, in Oakland, there is definitely a video of a couple getting giving each other some head. Is there three people there? No. No, it's the man is uh, is sitting kind of like thrusting himself forward. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Which I don't know why he's doing that, but holy shit! Yeah, Oakland Wilden. Like this is the only way you can go to Oakland Athletics games. Did you not see the next day the fans that went up there and then sit in that section and said, "Oakland, don't blow this one." To which stadium security made them go sit in their real seats and took their signs. Boo! Yeah, I know, I know. And who do you think was the unlucky person that had to clean that seat up? Mm. Oh, God. There's so much nut sweat Uh, on the the chair. (laughs) So tough. So tough. Um, And also, Zach Campbell. Shout out my guy, Zach Campbell, for getting yelled at by a security usher and thinking making a YouTube video would help him and then catching mad Twitter hate for it. So <laughs> tough look, tough look. Just stop catching baseballs. You have over 10,000. Okay. It's okay, dude. He can't, can't See, not do addicted, it. Addicted, addicted. All right. Um, and also be on the lookout for like that TGL golf league. Oh, yeah, yeah. You brought just, this up just a little bit. Just be on the lookout for it. Interesting to see them adapting for uh, the change with Liv taking a lot of their players. They're trying to make new content. Yeah, it's definitely going to be kind of fun to watch. Uh, I don't watch golf like that, so I'm going to kind of leave it to you to really get a an idea and understanding. Monday of night matchups, maybe it's cool. Maybe it's cool. I don't yeah, know. Maybe. Maybe. They get an NBC deal or something? We'll have to wait and see. January 2024. Uh, speaking of new things, though, there is one last note, a quick hit from both of us. Uh, we are gearing up for the NFL season, the 2022 NFL season. Uh, last year, we kind of did it where we ran through every fucking game. Guess what? We're going to do it again. But we're going to make things a little bit different. Right, Tom? We are. We are going to branch out to two episodes a week. Now, what it sounds like is the plan will be Monday and Friday drops. Now, the Friday show will be your typical down-the-wire setting show. Maybe an interview, a guest in between, me and Dave for the first 20, last 20 of a show kind of thing. Similar format to what you'll see. Our Monday drops now, where we usually drop down-the-wire, will now be called 
the no cap recap. So we will be recapping all games from the week, the 15 or so that you usually get. Um, and we will be going in just like that. The way we did down Dry. the wire, d- raw. We'll, we <laughs> no lube into nope. the NFL season. Not like, a, not like an Oakland A fan. Oh, God. We are going to start it up. Yes, no cap recap. We'll be dropping on normal down the wire days now. So we'll still have episodes for you then. And then regular episodes of down the wire will continue to drop on Friday. And if you're looking for predictions for uh, what we did, like what we think is going to happen for that week, we're still going to have those on down the wire. Yes. So So you'll have to listen for the predictions on down the wire and hear the game results on no cap recap. Yeah, because I want to make sure that I continue to beat Tom's ass every year. It wasn't even that far. Dog, I whooped your ass. Well, I had to go big the last week. You did. And you failed miserably. Well, I was taking... I think I got the Jags pick right. Yay. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> All right. That's going to wrap us up here on Down the Wire. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you like this episode, be sure to download this episode. Comment. This is the best way to let us know that you guys like the episodes. You can download us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, Ragstock maybe has us. I don't know. Uh, Podbean. There's so many places you can get us. It's literally anywhere you get your podcast. If you don't want to download us, always, though, check us out on thechairshot.com. All hail the cock commander from the Penis Patrol. Peace.